time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the power vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest-running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of health care each and every day. That's the fact, Jack! Yeah. Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, it's the All Candy Expo being held in Chicago. And apparently in these days and times where um, the industry quite concerned about Americans' obesity rates, there are even organic, chewable fruit chews at the All Candy Expo. Some decided natural alternatives there. Well, the incidents, um, all too common, irritable bowel syndrome, allergies, and asthma. How do you learn to use nutrition to eliminate irritable bowel syndrome and treat asthma and allergy? We'll talk about the work of Dr. David Dahlman from the Hyde Park Holistic Center in Cincinnati, Ohio. We'll learn more about how nutritional lifestyle approaches can address irritable bowel syndrome, treat allergies and asthma right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Didn't see it anywhere in the U.S. press. University of Washington has been doing some studies taking a look at the combination of your morning cup of coffee along with Tylenol, acetaminophen. The conclusion is that the combination could be very bad for your health. The Chemical Research and Toxicology study done at the University of Washington claims that a combination of large quantities of morning cup of coffee plus a large quantity of acetaminophen, Tylenol, increased the risk of liver damage. And, of course, we have seen many cases of acetaminophen poisoning uh, really bringing people to uh, the doors of liver transplant therapy. In fact, according to the New York Times Science Times, if you take a look at those patients presenting themselves for liver transplant in this country, 49% of them are there because of the side effects of properly prescribed prescription drugs. Oh, yes, they are hard on your liver, even if they're... Um, you know, physician prescribed prescription medication and a whopping 47% of those patients presenting themselves to liver transplant centers are there due to acetaminophen poisoning. According to this University of Washington study, even relatively small overdoses of a Tylenol can cause permanent damage to the liver which has prompted at least the British government to restrict the number of acetaminophen, Tylenol tablets that can be bought in their apothecary shops. They don't have drugstores like like we do. Uh, knowing that if you combine that with alcohol, it makes acetaminophen all the more toxic. So, University of Washington researchers Dr. Sid Nelson believe that people should limit their caffeine intake while taking acetaminophen, which begs the question, 
you know, all of these over-the-counter non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agents from aspirin to acetaminophen to uh, naproxen have real downsides from liver damage to gastrointestinal damage uh, in even 30,000 deaths associated with that, uh, heart uh, and um, vascular system risk as well. Begging the question, it's, you know, is, is that what we should uh, accept as, you know, is that acceptable to us as healthcare consumers? Interesting article coming out of the British press. Uh, their uh, online edition of their periodical, The Independent, that food intolerances are given short shrift. Uh, the uh, charity Allergy Great Britain claims that 45% of the Brits suffer from some type of food intolerance. I've seen estimates just as high in this country. But, of course, if you take a look at the traditional allergy model in this country, if it doesn't fit you know, the skin test, the IgE model, of food sensitivity or food allergy, it's thought not to exist when a growing body of evidence to to suggest that some of these intolerances, allergies, can show up some 24, 48, 72 hours later. And Patrick Holford... He's just, uh, his, uh, his books are so intriguing. Nutrition for Your Mind. He's co-author of Hidden Food Allergies. Says the figure for how many people have food intolerances is not going to be very low. He estimates that one in three people suffers from a food intolerance. And whether it's dairy products, so wheat, milk, um, soy, corn, some of the more common ones, An intolerance defined as a temporary adverse reaction that does not involve the immune system. And in most cases, dose-dependent. That if you have, for example, four tablespoons of milk, you may be fine. But when you do five, it may be too much. We're going to have to invite Patrick Holford, the author of Hidden Food Allergies, to join us to tell us more. Well, it's one of my favorite stories. The dots do connect. Hong Kong researchers indicating that people who show signs and symptoms of heart disease are at double the risk of having colon cancer. What's the connection between heart disease and colon cancer? These University of Hong Kong researchers surmise that it's because of the same unhealthy lifestyle habits puts you not only at risk of heart disease, but also colon cancer uh, as well. And inflammation is at the root of not only heart disease, but colon cancer as well. So um, this research that appears in the current Journal of the American Medical Association, uh, patients whose examination showed at least a 50% narrowing of one of their coronary arteries that feeds the heart, 34% of them also have cancerous colon tumors. That's, uh, you know, (laughs) a better than average risk there. So we need to take a look at inflammation as a common risk factor for all or many of these conditions, connecting the dots, and the fact that the lifestyle factors are often key as well. A diet that's high in the 
wrong the bad fats, uh, deficient in the good fats, obesity, uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, sedentary lifestyle, smoking, all increase your risk of not only heart disease, but colon cancer as well. Well, Speaking of connecting the dots, uh, the Mayo Clinic doing so and publishing their research in the European Heart Journal, the current one, they found that atrial fibrillation, a form of irregular heartbeat, a rapid and uncoordinated beating of the upper chambers of the heart, fairly common, linked to an increased risk of blood clot and stroke. Now Mayo Clinic researchers have found that dementia occurs quite frequently in the years following a diagnosis of atrial fibrillation. They found that the rate of dementia was three times higher, 300% higher, in the group that had been diagnosed with an irregular heartbeat. And, of course, we have a lot of Americans, about 10 million Americans with irregular heartbeats. There are many who link irregular heartbeats to a myriad of factors, including lack of magnesium. And, of course, nutrients are optimal for good blood flow and, of course, good cognitive function as well. Um, inflammation has a role to uh, to play as well. Common heart arrhythmia, known as atrial fibrillation, now linked to a three times risk of dementia, according to Mayo Clinic researchers. Well, this is one of these research studies that you have to ask yourself, really, is it going to stand up to scientific scrutiny? Uh, the current issue of the Journal of the National Cancer Institute uh, indicates that eating a diet with plenty of flu- fruits and vegetables does not appear to strongly reduce your risk of colon cancer. But on closer review, this isn't a real study. They pulled the results of 14 other studies studies uh, that followed men and women for 6 to 20 years. And, of course, um, it's that ongoing debate of whether or not fruits and veggies significantly reduce the risk of colon cancer. I would like to think that nobody is suggesting otherwise. We know both the fiber and the nutrients in a plant-based diet does reduce your overall risk of colon cancer. Is it a magic bullet? You know, you eat more fruits and vegetables and you'll never have colon cancer? (laughs) Doesn't work that way. But don't believe uh, the summary that fruits and veggies don't cut colon cancer. They are part of a good lifestyle program. Speaking of rich, we're going to return to talk about how to use nutrition to eliminate irritable bowel syndrome and treat asthma and allergy on Healthy Talk Radio. Now, back to the woman who has improved America's health more than Dr. Coop, Dr. Scholl, and Dr. Pepper combined, Deborah Ray. The topic on the table, how to use nutrition to eliminate irritable bowel syndrome, inflammatory bowel disease, often known as IBS, and treat asthma and allergies. And if you think um, the dots don't connect, this is one of the best examples of the holism of our body, how those dots connect, how we have been so culturally conditioned to think that, oh, I'm going to the best you know, gastroenterologist, the best um, uh, heart doctor in irregular heart rhythms, the best eye specialist in the country. 
And, of course, our doctor is always the best doctor. That's the way it should be. But the body belies that in so many fashions because the dots connect. And why we, yes, even have specialists in irregular heart rhythms. Not just heart rhythms. Irregular heart rhythms. Not just the heart. Irregular heart rhythms of the heart. (laughs) Not in the torso. Not in the whole body. I mean, we have taken specialization to the point that we now have specialists who look no further beyond irregular heart rhythms. How can you do that and fail to look at the heart as a whole and the torso and the whole immune system and the whole hormonal system? Well, we do like to talk about how the dots connect um, on so many levels. One, it often helps us unravel seemingly unrelated signs and symptoms. In this case, irritable bowel syndrome, allergies, and asthma are intimately connected. It also fails to offer us the opportunity that if we don't connect the dots, we don't understand how fundamental changes in our bodies, for example, chemistry and bacterial status can fundamentally set the stage for not only irritable bowel syndrome and asthma and allergies. What are we talking about? We're talking about the fact that when we change bacteria, the amount, the number, the ratio of bacteria in our body, yes, whether it's the 700 different species of bacteria in our mouth, to those in the stomach, to those in the small intestine, to those in the large intestine, our body's functioning is dependent upon flora, microflora. And there have been research reports to indicate that um, you know, once the human body was, in essence, vaporized, melted down, you still have three pounds of these bacteria that reside within, uh, within us on a, on a daily basis. Why are they there? Well, we know that fundamentally there is a balance of bacteria, whether it's in our mouth, our stomach, our small, our large intestine, that is essential for overall health. In fact, we know if we have a balance of 85% good bacteria, often known as probiotics, to 15% bad bacteria, and no, it's not good to have 100% good, just like it's not good to have 100% bad bacteria throughout our system, that balance is integral for immune system functioning, for neuro uh, brain functioning, for digestive functioning, for uh, uh, nutritional optimization. And uh, as we lay this out, you'll begin to see why these dots connect. That both our diet, for example, uh, if we eat a diet uh, that has too many processed foods, fast food, bad fats... Um, food that's not fermented, we actually laid the groundwork for affecting that bacterial balance within our body and lay the groundwork for irritable bowel syndromes. Drug use as well. The non anti-inflammatory agents. Oh, yes. The aspirins, ibuprofens, acetaminophens, naproxens, birth control pills 
antibiotics can all upset that delicate bacterial balance within us. So whether it's diet, and many of us recognize ours may not be optimal these days, too much daily fast food, processed food, alcohol use, and drug use in the form of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agents can alter our gut's bacteria. That ultimately affects the chemistry of our gastrointestinal system and lays the groundwork for irritable bowel syndrome. Irritable bowel, inflammatory bowel, and whether it's diverticulitis, yes, that itis means inflammation, colitis, yes, that itis means inflammation, that when our intestines become inflamed and unhealthy, those cells expand. They form microscopic holes. It's referred to as leaky gut syndrome, where microscopic, undigested food matter enters the bloodstream. They're attacked by our body's immune system. That, that's, that's, in essence, a good thing. But that creates an antibody to that undigested food molecule and generates the production of histamine. Histamine can cause anything from a headache after you're eating an offending food to pain, joint pain that can result after the ingestion of offending foods, skin rashes, serious problems like asthma, anaphylactic shock, autoimmune conditions, all related to you start to alter the basic bacteria and chemistry of our gastrointestinal system, those cells rebel. They become unhealthy and inflamed. The gut lining becomes leaky. Those undigested food molecules begin to uh, uh, go through that leaky gut. The body's immune system kicks in. Histamine production. So, (laughs) you can easily see why you start to mess with the body's bacterial balance and the body's chemistry, chemical balance, and you have a direct link to allergies and asthma. It not only explains to us how, for example, a milk allergy is created, but also milk's role in the onset of allergies and asthma. And uh, several years ago, George Washington University did a very interesting study of children with ear infections. And we could literally drop in children with rheumatoid arthritis, children with lupus, children with allergies, children with asthma, children with migraines, any number of conditions in that slot. And it was related to commonly consumed foods. Dairy was number one. Wheat, corn, sugar, soy, allergenic foods that if uh, given the proper scenario can trigger the body's reaction. The interesting thing is that unless you completely eliminate those offending foods for a short period of time, 
For example, if you say, oh, you know, I, I think I'm sensitive to dairy. You know, I think that's why I have this constant post-nasal drip and the sinusitis and, you know, the doctor's afraid that I might even have asthma. You can eliminate 85% of the dairy and you'll see no benefit at all. You have to get serious initially to eliminate 100% of the dairy for a, a, a period of time that you and your doctor worked out is, is best for you and then start to rotate, introduce those offending foods not on a regular basis back into your diet. And the connection with pain is just brilliantly illustrated by a study that came out of Thomas Jefferson University School of Medicine just a few short years ago. We'll talk about it when we return. The topic today, how you can learn to use nutrition to eliminate irritable bowel syndrome, treat asthma and allergies on Healthy Talk Radio. The information on Healthy Talk Radio may be eye-opening, controversial, and disturbing to some closed-minded members of the medical community, but it is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests as well as our knowledgeable host. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but hey, that's life. How to use nutrition to beat irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, and treat allergy and asthma is our topic at hand today right here on Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. We're talking about some of those lifestyle nutritional factors that fundamentally approach function. Oh, yes, not structure, function, bacterial function, and chemistry, chemical function that set the stage for not only Irritable bowel syndrome now affecting one in four Americans. That's amazing. And treat allergy and asthma. And the incidence of allergy and asthma, sobering. We're talking about, if British epidemiologists are correct, by the year 2050, everybody, 100%, everybody will have some forms of allergies. We're talking about 28 million asthmatics in this country, one-third of them children, and how fundamentally changing bacterial balance, we'll talk about how that happens, as well as chemical balance. We've already talked about how that inflammation can cause leaky gut syndrome, which changes the chemistry of our intestinal system. But we promise to come back and talk about how that leaky gut sets the stage for even pain inflammation. Beautiful study. October 2003, Thomas Jefferson University School of Medicine took a group of patients who had chronic pain, hurt all over, fibromyalgia pain, and said to them, what would you be willing to change in your diet to get rid of the pain? And they found a group of them who said, I'd do anything. I'd change anything. I'd change my diet completely to get rid of this chronic pain. So they were asked to eat completely differently for 30 days. They got the most common offending allergenic foods out of their diet. No dairy, no sugar, no corn, no soy. 
Yeah, I know. There still are things to eat, too. (laughs) And what did they find? Three weeks into the four-week study, 85% of them said, my fibromyalgia is gone, or almost gone. The pain is dramatically different. That when you fundamentally upset the function through bacteria and chemistry of our system, these uh, irritable bowel syndrome, inflammation, the allergies, the asthma that often develop, there are reasons for these symptoms. They're not diseases, just symptoms of what's going wrong. And we promise to also talk about how we fundamentally change, either wittingly or unwittingly, this bacteria balance within our system that sets the stage for not only IBS, but allergy and asthma as well. Because irritable bowel syndrome is ever-presenting to be primarily caused by either past or present antibiotic use. There is a fundamental connection between that delicate balance of flora within our intestinal system and the function of our gut that keeps that immune system in balance and we don't inflame our bowel tissue. So let's talk about past or present antibiotic use. Because I can hear your brains working now going, you know, my doctor thinks I've got IBS, but I've never taken antibiotics on a regular basis, not me. We have gone through the golden age of medicine, antibiotics. And I don't say that detrimentally because it was a real step forward from the germ theory of disease, thanks to uh, the Pasteur's, the Robert Cox, and and, uh, and others, and then came the Flemings and the brilliant scientists with the development of antibiotics and medicine healed. But because it's often an industry of extremes, we've overused and abused antibiotics. But antibiotics are used to kill microorganisms and why they're very useful for treating acute infections. Their non-discriminatory use indicates that antibiotics kill all bacteria, including the useful gastrointestinal flora. And it doesn't matter whether you've taken two courses of antibiotics in your lifetime or 200 doesn't matter if you took them all before you're 10 years of age or throughout your lifetime. That every time you took or ingested antibiotics, you destroyed a, a portion of your gut's bacterial population. And even though that they are ongoing, living, reproducing organisms, they don't always reproduce back to the proper proportions and proper numbers In fact, they may reproduce to abnormal levels. That's why we fundamentally talk about you need to care about the antibiotic residues in our water supply system. And the U.S. Geological Survey has said they're everywhere. And the current methods of cleaning water for municipal water supply systems just don't get it. And if we combine that with 
food products from farm animals who were given antibiotics as growth factors or as factors uh, because these animals are raised in feedlots, close quarters, and are often sick. Those antibiotic residues, whether they're from our water supply system, whether a doctor's written out a prescription, whether they came from food products, fundamentally can destroy portions of our gastrointestinal system's bacterial population. And as you can well imagine, these bacteria don't always reproduce back to the proper proportions. In fact, in many cases, we now know they reproduce to abnormal levels. And the fact that if you have sore throat, upper respiratory, ear infections, antibiotic prescriptions written out, that often ineffective and set the stage for stronger and less likely to respond bugs out there. We now find, and it's intriguing to think, that improper proportions of bacterial population may even be responsible for obesity in some. Because if you lack key optimal proportions of these bacterial populations in our gut, we don't absorb nutrients, we don't produce certain vitamins in optimal levels. And that can fundamentally change uh, our, our set points for weight. That if the bacterial balance is in any way altered through drugs, through poor diet, the chemistry of our gastrointestinal system is altered and symptoms development. And whether your symptoms are pain and discomfort, bloating, abdominal distension, alternating diarrhea and constipation, abnormal bowel frequency, urgency, indigestion, GERD, gas, all of these are signs and symptoms of poor function of the gastrointestinal system. And why your GI doctor is medically sound to take a look at upper GI, lower GI series, barium enemas, colonoscopies, sigmoidoscopies, endoscopies. Those only assess structure. And just like we are rethinking heart disease, we now read in places like the New York Times, oh my goodness, we thought of heart disease as structural blockages had to get rid of those blockages, bypass them, balloon them, stent them, radiate them. We now recognize heart disease is a functional immune disease. Same with the gut. We looked at conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, inflammatory bowel disease, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, Um, spastic bowel, diverticulosis, diverticulitis, this laundry list of dysfunction of our gut strictly from a structural standpoint. And why it's important that you and your physician know the structure, rule out structural problems with our gut, the evolving acknowledgement is that the vast majority of these cases alter function. And if you treat the gut, you're treating allergies, asthma, 
in some cases obesity, migraines, autoimmune conditions. It's just amazing how those dots connect. So think function. Rule out structural situations that challenges first. And keep in mind when it comes to reestablishing function, we need to think of uh, modulating inflammation. Yes, if that lining of that gut is inflamed and unhealthy, going to be very difficult, whether it's the end allergy or asthma, the more fundamental irritable bowel syndrome, to reverse that situation. So great books will guide you, as well as functional laboratory analysis. The books include Digestive Wellness. Make sure you get one of the latest editions because that science continues to unfold. Written by clinical nutritionist, Ph.D. clinical nutritionist, Dr. Elizabeth Lipsky. Digestive Wellness. A collection of gastrointestinal uh, healthcare specialists led by Dr. Trent Nichols, wrote Optimal Digestive Nutrition. Intriguing book that tells us how to identify functional challenges and, as importantly, how we make wise lifestyle choices to restore them. Optimal Digestive Nutrition. Dr. Trent Nichols and his accompanying uh, authors And when we take a look at assessing function, how many people have been told sigmoidoscopy, colonoscopy, barium enema, endoscopy, upper, lower GI series, oh, we see a little inflammation, or everything's normal, all those signs and symptoms of spastic bowel and alternating constipation and diarrhea and bleeding, joint achiness, headaches, must be all in your head. No, no, not at all. We're overlooking the function. And one of the best ways to assess intestinal function is the comprehensive digestive stool analysis. Any number of reference laboratories offer this functional analysis. Some 48 different variables of our gut's function that includes what is the bacterial, fungal balance of your gut? Do you have uh, an overgrowth of a yeast, an overgrowth of a bad bacteria? Do you have enough of good bacteria? What's this balance of bacteria that we now recognize is not only key to maintaining good health, might also be used therapeutically to restore that delicate balance of beneficial to pathogenic bacteria in our gastrointestinal system. So you may want to look up some of the laboratories, Meridian Valley Labs, uh, Genova Labs, that offer comprehensive digestive stool analysis, CDSA for short, Discuss with your physician assessing the function of your GI system to try and get to some of the signs and symptoms 
pain, discomfort, bloating, abdominal distension, alternating diarrhea, constipation, abnormal bowel frequency, urgency, indigestion, GERD, gas. The list is long. And it's, it's as Dr. Dahlman at the Holistic Center in Cincinnati, Ohio reports that it is truly a great example of holism in the body. That that inflammation in the gut can translate to inflammation in your joints and rheumatoid arthritis. That inflammation in your gut can translate to inflammation of blood vessels and migraines triggered by offending foods thanks to leaky gut syndrome. Interesting how those dots connect. We'll come back and talk about additional research source information when it comes to you learning how to use nutrition to eliminate IBS and treat allergies and asthma. We have an open phone line to invite you to join us at 1-800-307-3002. You're listening to Healthy Talk Radio, worldwide, whenever and wherever you need us at HealthyTalkRadio.com. Now, more with America's favorite healthcare consumer, Deborah Ray. Our topic right here on Healthy Talk Radio, how to use nutrition to eliminate irritable bowel syndrome and treat asthma and allergy. And we take a look, an overview of a a fundamental healing regime. Diet is key, as we mentioned, that avoiding those triggering foods for a period of time. Some people it's it's three weeks, some people it's four, some people it's six weeks, some people as many as 90 days. Avoiding the offending foods that cause irritation to your gastrointestinal lining because that healing doesn't begin until irritation is stopped. And don't think if uh, a little bit is okay, it doesn't work that way. If you have dairy as an offending food and you've eliminated only 85% of the dairy, you might not see any benefit at all. For some, you have to eliminate legumes. For some, they can be difficult to digest. You might be able to uh, digest green beans and peas and lima beans, but black beans and red beans and navy beans and kidney beans just don't get it. That um, When we take a look at supplementation to heal, probiotics are paramount to restore the lining of, uh, of of the balance of bacteria in that lining of our gut. Multiple vitamins and minerals to help that GI tract heal. And powdered amino acids like glutamine can be key. Digestive enzymes often just essential to help with the proper digestion of the food because as long as those um, offending molecules are getting through that leaky gut and and, uh, challenging the immune system, that inflammation will continue. So for many combinations of enteric-coated peppermint, lavender, chamomile, in teas or oils that are anti-inflammatory, anti-gas, anti-spasmodic, Peppermint, lavender, and chamomile can be key. And as we mentioned, great sources of additional information are found in books like Digestive Wellness, written by clinical nutritionist Dr. Elizabeth Lipsky, Optimal Digestive Nutrition, written by Dr. Trent Nichols and his colleagues, 
using nutrition to treat irritable bowel syndrome and fundamentally treating asthma and allergy. And of course now that irritable bowel syndrome, asthma, allergy, autoimmune, all of these conditions that are so intimately related occur um, all too frequently. A real opportunity to learn more about reestablishing bacteria and chemical balance within our system. If you missed anything, we invite you to join us online, HealthyTalkRadio.com. HealthyTalkRadio.com, where the show is archived for two weeks. I'm Deborah Ray reminding you to live long, stay healthy.